0: Side tech talks of the blades today we're going to be looking at apple's recent announcement where they're going to be migrating the mac to arm based cpus and looking at that in light of when microsoft attempted to create an arm based platform for windows and comparing and contrasting those two but first let's look at what's new on azure been a quiet week on Azure again. Uh, There is a lot of small announcements related to particular features on uh, the several products on Azure. And uh, it would take me a long time to go through all of those. But a few of them that I did find interesting were related to some things related to ingress into Azure on Azure Front Door and on Azure Content Delivery Network. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Azure Front Door, what it allows you to do is have a single point of entry for all of Azure. So it's a global resource where you can have a single point of entry for traffic into your Azure ecosystem, and then it will have routing rules internal to the Azure Front Door system that will then uh, spread that traffic across an entire global infrastructure if you're in multiple regions in Azure. And on top of that, they gave the ability to have rules and the engine that uh, Azure Front Door employs for routing that traffic, as well as some additional uh, types of security enhancements related to WAF type capabilities, such as protection from cross-scripting attacks for uh, things like um, uh, cores attacks, like access control headers and things like that are that are available through uh, the Azure Front Door. And the, the same rules engine that Azure Front Door uses also is used by Azure Content Delivery Network. Azure CDN is a feature that allows you to have a content delivery network on the Azure infrastructure, allows you to take static content such as HTML, CSS and JavaScript, and images and put those closer to the end user whoever is going to be consuming a website And that way they're able to consume that data in a place that is much geographically closer. So their latency uh, is less than what if they had to go around the world or through multiple uh, different kinds of networks to get that kind of content. And the same rules have been adapted for Azure content delivery network. So Azure front door is kind of a mashup of two products on Azure. Uh, It was traffic monitor Uh, traffic manager, sorry, and then Azure uh, Content Delivery Network as well as a few other things that are included in there like application gateways and other things to provide WAF and having these rules available gives some level of security and the ability to control that traffic a little bit better within the context of Azure Front Door. Now, another cool feature that I launched on Azure Pipelines is the ability to use Linux ARM and Azure Pipelines is a feature that allows you to build out uh, different kinds of pipelines for hosted uh, builds uh, on Azure within the context of Azure DevOps. And what this gives you the ability to do is build software in the native environment, which it would be running. So if you're writing ARM based applications uh, it now supports ARM 64, so ARM is a Popular platform, as we mentioned, for uh, different kinds of workloads. Like, and again, Macintosh is moving to ARM, but it's also used in a number of Linux contexts as well for embedded Linux systems. And that would mean that building software on an ARM CPU for those kinds of systems would be useful in, uh, inside of Azure DevOps. It already supports Mac and Linux and Windows. So adding in the ARM. Based feature will give you the ability to support Linux based builds on arm CPUs. So that means that you can now build software for embedded systems on Linux using Azure DevOps without having to have a hosted, uh, self-hosted agent that can do those kinds of builds for you. So that's the, uh, all the announcements. I'm really going to talk about this week. Let's move on to our main story where we're going to be looking at Apple's announcement for Mac and moving that to arm processors. So for our main story today, I'm going to look at an announcement that Apple made this week concerning the Macintosh and how they're going to be transitioning the Macintosh to an ARM based CPU. And I don't usually look at Apple. I'm mostly concerned with the Microsoft ecosystem, but I wanted to look at this through the lens of Microsoft because Microsoft did attempt to do something like this in the past. And I want to use Microsoft's attempt as a baseline to answer the question, is Apple killing the Mac by transitioning to ARM? I want to compare and contrast Microsoft's past attempt with Windows RT with the future attempt with the Macintosh going to ARM based CPUs. So, First off, let's do a little bit of history behind Windows RT and what Microsoft attempted to do there. So right around the launch of the iPad, Microsoft attempted to launch their first device that was branded under the the Surface uh, moniker. And they had on that an operating system that was based on Windows 8. And this ARM-based operating system used the ARM-based CPUs on the hardware, and it created a new platform called Windows UWP, which was intended to uh, create a new kind of application for Windows that was targeted at the mobile platform that was Windows RT running on their mobile hardware, as well as the desktop ecosystem, which was, you know, the laptop's and desktop app uh, environments that they were creating at at the time as well now windows rt could run those uwp applications and then you could deploy them to the mobile platform as well as desktops and uh, laptops as well with a single code base and the windows rt uh, allowed users to download applications through the um, windows store which uh, would allow those applications to run on the device. The problem with the Windows RT is that it was a brand new platform from Microsoft that was intended for mobility, but it didn't have backwards compatibility with existing uh, Windows applications. And so while the new applications were created, uh, what ended up happening with the Windows RT is it just didn't get enough traction uh, for the product to really take off. And within a couple of generations uh, after its original launch, the product was more or less dead and Microsoft has not made an attempt uh, to revive a arm based platform for running Windows since that time. However, they, they continue to develop a touch based IO, uh, x86. A Windows experience that you can get through touchscreen laptops or, or tablet-based lap, uh, de- devices that run x86 hardware, but it's not running an ARM-based CPU like the original Surface uh, uh, tablets did. And the ability to run x86 Windows on the new Surface's uh, Surface hardware is still a full Windows operating system that is backwards compatible with. Uh, old Win32 applications running in a an x86 platform, as well as the ability to run UWP apps. And Microsoft has made an announcement in uh, the at build this year to bring together the UWP platform as well as the old win 32, um, platform in a project called project reunion, which allow these two disparate ecosystems for developing applications to come under one roof and then be able to write applications that are more or less, uh, uh, portable between the platforms without having to have two different uh, SDKs or two different kinds of applications that are being deployed uh, through that particular project. Now with the RT, uh, what Microsoft did, I think that ultimately resulted in the demise of the product was lack of backwards compatibility and trying to create a new ecosystem. And this, uh, within the Windows ecosystem, uh, really created a a product that just wasn't primed for a a legacy of uh, backwards compatibility that folks had gotten used to for Windows that went back to the original um, you know, there are days of Microsoft operating systems that were running on DOS that had just per- been perpetually brought along, providing great deal of backwards compatibility with every new iteration of Windows and DOS that came after the original launch. And the Windows RT didn't have that. So, you know, Windows folks are like, I can't bring my new app, my old apps to this platform. I have to stick with my new apps only. And that ultimately just didn't sell well Uh, and sit well with Windows users. So is Apple going to repeat this history uh, with the Windows, uh, with the, with the new ARM CPUs for the Macintosh platform? Are they going to commit the same problem that Windows RT has? And, there are a couple of arguments that you could make and to this and say, yes. And there are some that will say, no, they aren't going to repeat history and do what windows RT did. So if I was to answer is Macintosh killing the Mac by going to arm? Yes. There's a few arguments I think that you can make to this that would ultimately result in them killing off the Macintosh by doing this move. And it starts with a, a look at my Mac's, uh, market share concerning, uh, how much do, uh, of the PC industry, do they actually own? Now, when I say PC industry, I'm excluding things like tablets and phones from this. I'm looking exclusively at the PC industry, which would include tablets and desktops and workstations and the all-in ones like, and anything basically running the Mac OS. And its direct competitors, which would be uh, most versions of Linux that are distributed that you can install on generic hardware, as well as uh, Chrome OS that runs on Chromebooks. So, as of the recording of this video, Macintosh had about has about nine and a half percent of the market share, and the uh, remaining ninety one uh, percent or so, or ninety and a half percent, is is divided up among windows which has about 87 percent and the remaining three and a half percent are is composed of linux and uh, chrome os and at this point mac is still a significant operating system but it's not one that if one was to lose one was uh, one would not lose a significant amount of market share if one is targeting multiple platforms that is i'm writing an app that's targeting mac os windows and say linux if i was to lose macintosh i might lose about nine or nine to ten percent of my user base which if the the macintosh was to die off and um and that could be a consideration for uh folks that are thinking about uh writing software for mac um second a mac is only about nine and a half percent of apple's total business as well and uh, by Apple's total business, and we're talking about everything that Apple does, and currently the lion's share of their business comes from their mobile platforms, and that would include the the watch, the iPad and the iPhone, uh, and the iPod you know, touch that runs iOS. And of that, over 50% of Apple's business comes from iPhone sales. So it's the cash cow at Apple. The other... Uh, you know 40% of the apple ecosystem is composed of of ipad sales as well as services related to uh, apple's business such as itunes downloading music uh, shows and movies and Things like that that come with the services that uh, Apple sells that uh, you can get access to on all their devices. And so they have uh, a lot of revenue from that, which actually is more revenue than they get from the Macintosh uh, platform as well. So all that to say is Mac is not a major part of Apple's business, although it is a significant part of it. It's not the uh, cash cow, nor does it derive most of their business. So, um, Considering that Mac is a small player in the total PC market and it's only a small player in Apple's business, um, killing the Mac, it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be a huge dent in either one of these. It, it would definitely be problematic for Apple users, but as the industry's concern, uh, or as Apple's business concern, uh, you know, changing the Mac, it, 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 it's not, it's not such a, uh, big deal that it would, uh, kill the Mac, uh, that killing the Mac would make a big difference one way or another. So, um, by going to ARM, one could argue that, okay, somebody's just holding on to Macintosh uh, and it would be a painless transition to go to something else. So even so, they uh, it would not be a big deal. So considering that uh, transitioning to a new platform, especially when you're talking about recompiling code for a completely different uh, uh, CPU architecture means that many of those who are going to be looking at these numbers might not choose to do that. Uh, one would be game developers. Uh, game developers might look at that and go, um, no, there, it's just not going to work. I, I don't see a transition. I don't see a path forward for running games on Macintoshes. And uh, that might not be a problem for many gamers because most uh, you can run games on Macs, but uh, most gamers aren't or aren't traditionally gaming on Macs are generally going to be gaming on windows, uh, with a, with a niche, uh, community in Linux, but by and large gamers don't use Macs. They use, uh, windows for, uh, PC games or, or they use consoles, but, uh, you know, mobile gaming of course, uh, for phones, but not, not for a desktop. So they might alienate the gaming community by doing that. Um, second, secondly, uh, it wouldn't, it wouldn't impact, uh, the, uh, gaming community by doing that as well. So I could see a lot of game, uh, developers not choosing to write for Mac anymore. And not, that's not that that's going to impact Macintosh at all. Maybe Mac doesn't care. Uh, and they wouldn't, it wouldn't impact them as well, but the, uh, outside of gaming, it, it's, it's, a un, un unanswered question of my mind about developers who are writing cross-platform applications and cross-platform tools. And they see this transition going on in the Mac uh, ecosystem. And the question that crosses their minds is, is it worth porting my application to an ARM CPU, depending on the amount of work that's needed for that, uh, to gain that small market share that is offered through the Macintosh platform. And uh, there are a lot of tools that uh, developers use uh, to do development on Macintoshes. Um, and some have adopted the Mac as their development platform of choice. And you can run a lot of cool tools on the Mac and uh, largely because it supports x86, the Frost Platform tools are available. You can you can run many IDEs on Mac uh, for developing some things like Java or uh, you can write... Um, uh, console applications, cross-platform applications uh, on the Macintosh, but it should they transition to uh, ARM C- ARM-based CPUs, uh, all of these dev tools might not come along with it. And ultimately, that could spell a disaster for uh, folks that are using Macs for development. Also, when one is developing software on other platforms that are targeting the Macintosh, should the SDKs not be available on that arm CPU? Uh, it could mean that the Mac platform gets developed by a number of application developers that are writing class cross platform apps as well. And so there are two ways to, uh, to answer that, um, that meant that Apple might, uh, produce, uh, when they are very likely to do is, uh, to, and, is to provide a backwards compatibility at the hardware layer that allows these uh, older applications that were written for Macintosh um, to continue to operate in the ARM CPU, even though they were targeting the x86 platform. And this is what Apple did when they transitioned off of the Motorola chips onto x86 as they provided a compatibility layer that allowed the old uh, PowerPC apps to continue to run on x86 hardware uh, through that compatibility layer. And it was basically emulating the system calls at the the hardware level level that allowed those to be translated into x86 system calls that allowed the application to run. And that was the answer that they gave. And it worked uh, for Apple. If they do a similar thing for ARM to x86, then, uh, they will be able to provide some backwards compatibility with those applications. The difficulty though, with that is, is ARM is a, uh, reduced instruction set. So the complexity of writing a, uh, backwards compatibility layer from ARM to x86, uh, requires a lot more work than the other way around because the the instruction set is significantly less, uh, than what you would get with the x86 CPUs. And so that could be a problem for, uh, businesses, uh, that are looking to support Macintoshes without the compatibility layer at the hardware layer, then, then that require, that might require some significant code changes. And those, those code, code changes might translate into, Hey, we're just not going to use Macs anymore. We're not going to support it. Um, that It remains to be seen if the, if they actually produce a compatibility layer at the hardware layer. Now, uh, um, I imagine Apple will provide a compatibility layer for their first-party uh, development suites, such as Xcode and Swift. Anything you write in Xcode uh, and um, Objective-C, anything you write in Xcode pretty much will probably be able to cross-compile for x86 and ARM uh, on the Macintosh, but it's those third-party tools that unless they provide those SDKs for the ARM CPU, developing, transitioning to other platforms just to kind of capture that 9% of the market might not be a something that somebody wants to invest a lot of time and effort into. Um, and another uh, kind of niche market that they're in, they'll end up probably losing would be the ability to run virtual machines on the Mac uh, platform as well say a big part of my development experience is running virtual machines, uh, on windows. I run a lot of Linux virtual machines and windows virtual machines. And, uh, that's because I do a lot of cross-platform development, uh, for Linux and windows, uh, that is primarily targeted at Azure. But at the same time, um, Apple can, allows you to run uh, Windows and Linux uh, virtual machines. And by transitioning to ARM, having, a, having without that, a, a virtualized CPU, uh, that's really going to be a bad experience on the uh, Macintosh platform because a lot of the acceleration that VMs are provided is done at the CPU level and um, it would require an entire emulation layer on top of an ARM CPU, which would mean that VMs would be uh, doggedly slow on the ARM platform should they abandon the x86 platform. Uh, so uh, lots of, uh, uh, of possibilities here. Uh, it's, to, it's, it's to be uh, determined if uh, that any of these actually come to fruition but without that backwards compatibility, I could see a lot of folks saying, uh, no, I'm not gonna go to the Macintosh. And that could result in the ultimate demise of the Macintosh. Um, if those uh, compatibilities and transitional, uh, transitional type pl- uh, platforms aren't available to the Macintosh. Um, and considering it's a small market share, many of them say, hey, it's not worth it. And they don't follow through and they just abandon that platform and focus on the lion's share, which would be uh, x86 based hardware running Linux and Windows moving forward. Now, on the flip side of that same coin, one might say, no, that the transition to ARM will not kill the uh, Macintosh. In fact, it might actually cause it to blossom even more. And I think there's some good arguments here uh, that could be made. Uh, and the, uh, the if one wants to answer this as no, uh, it's not going to kill it. And they might offer these arguments as a, a reason for this. And one argument that is uh, in favor of this no it's not going to kill off the mac in fact it might cause it to blossom is that apple is already working with vendors like microsoft and adobe to ensure that their software works on this new arm cpu and so microsoft provides you know productivity software such as office uh for uh macintosh and it is widely used by mac uh users and uh, as well as adobe adobe is minimal in the mainstays in the macintosh for decades now and and microsoft's partner uh, adobe's partnership with apple has always been very tight and it's one of the things that has kept the macintosh platform around uh because adobe uh did provide software for it and the user experience that people came to appreciate from adobe on the Macintosh was tightly, uh, was tightly coupled with Adobe, Apple, and the hardware that they offered. So that relationship will likely continue. And the fact that Microsoft and Apple are less, uh, uh, antagonistic to one another uh, these days, it makes sense that they're working with one another to produce that software from the productivity side from, uh, from the Microsoft side as well. So given that these two large vendors are producing software already for the ARM-based Macs, it makes sense that the uh, folks that are using the Adobe software and the Microsoft software will be able to transition to that new platform with relative ease. Although some of the more uh, niche cases might not be so, so uh, might not be able to do that. Moreover, it's likely that there will be some kind of compatibility layer that they provide for uh, the uh, Apple platform like they did with the PowerPC. This is one thing that Microsoft did not do with RT. Um, They had no backwards compatibility, while uh, Apple might provide some kind of backwards compatibility either through the first-party tools, like I mentioned, being able to cross-compile for the ARM and for the x86 for Xcode, Swift, and so on or providing some kind of compatibility layer for x86 for their ARM cpu to allow all applications to continue to run on the macintosh uh, for the foreseeable future and which of those they do i'm more likely to uh, bet that they do it for xcode and swift and other languages that are written in xcode while the x86 emulation layer might not come to fruition because that's very difficult to do. Um, it might be possible, but I'm not gonna, I wouldn't bet the farm on that one. Um, and lastly, one might argue that by transitioning the Mac to the arm, uh, CPUs that they're bringing the Macintosh platform more closely aligned to the existing uh, Apple ecosystem that that drives iOS, iPad, the Watch and the TV ecosystem which are already running ARM CPUs. So one can imagine that Macintosh becomes just another option in the this already uh, mature ecosystem that has tons of apps already available. And so what ends up happening is one has the ability to write one, one, more or less one application that targets iPad, iOS, and the Mac OS without having to create a, a separate app that is uh, more uh, for the Macintosh and one for the iOS platform. Rather, it brings it under the same ecosystem so that the Macintosh is treated more like a uh, a sister a platform to iOS rather than a completely disparate uh, a uh, platform and having that convergence with iOS means that you can you have a very mature app, app ecosystem that allows those to run more uh, natively on the Mac platform as well so this will kind of bring those two together and now you have an existing uh, a whole lot of apps Apps that can be uh, brought to the Macintosh. And then it makes the transition to ARM much easier because now you have apps. Uh, while you might be abandoning other apps, you now have uh, a lot of new apps that can run on it as well, which many people are already comfortable using from iPad or, or iOS. So uh, the arguments that are made in favor of uh, of not killing the Mac, I, I think are actually better uh, for um, than the ones that might result in the demise of the Mac. And having um, ha- having transitioned in the past, Apple's got some experience with this. They also uh, have a lot of momentum going forward with uh, working with vendors already and also the uh, iOS, iPad, iWatch TV ecosystem kind of being brought more closely and aligned to the Macintosh as well. I, I think actually what's going to happen with the Mac OS is that we'll see a evolution of the Macintosh as a as a another offering in the Apple ecosystem that will give it a lot more access to applications that it didn't already have access to through the the iOS ecosystem as well as the existing uh, apps that are out there as well and that will allow it to blossom in in that respect and so it will still be a walled garden approach like you see with iPad and iOS but it will it'd be a better approach from the perspective of Apple in that it will give the, the Macintosh platform, uh, something that is uh, very closely related to what most people go to Apple for already, which is apps on the iPad and iOS. So what does this say for, uh, the takeaways? The takeaway is that providing backwards compatibility, uh, for existing ecosystems is important whenever you introduce a disruptive technology into an ecosystem. That's where I believe the RT failed, but the um, the, uh, the transition from the Motorola platform onto the X- Intel platform and what it didn't, uh, for the Macintosh. And so by, uh, doing a lot of these kinds of backwards compatibilities or, or opening up into mature ecosystems on the Macintosh, I think will ultimately what keep the Macintosh alive rather than uh, rather than killing it off, uh, by doing this transition. So I don't think there's a lot of risk involved. In fact, I think it's a wise thing that Mac, uh, what Apple is doing to bring some convergence between the Mac platform and the iOS platform. So all I have to say is backwards compatibility is important for applications, uh, especially if, uh, you're introducing disruptive technologies into those platforms. So uh, thanks for listening to this edition of Fireside Tech Talks with Blaze. Uh, We'll be looking at more relationships between Apple and Microsoft in the future. I'm sure, Uh, like I've mentioned, I really want to do a piece on the personal relationship between Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, and uh, want to look at that, as well as doing a similar uh, look at um, IBM's relationship to uh, Microsoft as well. So look forward to these episodes on Fireside Tech Talks with Blaze.